All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Sixers Nation, Sixers Sickos, Run It Back Nation, everybody, welcome. Thanks for being here. Uh, we got some things that we got to talk about. Welcome to Run It Back Philly. Thanks for coming in. Please hit the like button. That would be greatly appreciated. It's how you push these shows through the algorithm. That's uh, how you help the channel grow and help the brand grow. Um, what else do I say at the beginning of these things? Check us out on podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts and Spotify and every other podcast platform. We're there in crystal clear audio for you to listen to in your car on your way to work. Uh, or your way home, um, if you want my reactions. Yeah. Tonight's show, uh, we're bringing back live callers, so be active in the chat. We will read the chat. Uh, Super Chats members are first to get posted on the screen. We'll put comments on the screen during the show and uh, have the conversation. Uh, and the phone number is right there, 951 call the show you will get put in a little waiting room and uh you know i'll listen to what you have to say all right thanks for being here once again close out the chat hit the like button that would be greatly appreciated let's get into the 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 the. shout out to lord brunson the meat and potatoes all right shout out to everybody in the chat the philadelphia 76ers lose to the Utah Jazz, one twenty to one oh nine, and you know, without looking at who was playing, who wasn't playing, you know, after a tough loss last night uh, to the New York Knicks, and me and other Sixers fans on social media dealing with uh, Knicks fans acting like they won the NBA Finals. Um, I was like, all right, well, we got the Jazz tomorrow, you know? It's not it's not that bad. Yeah, we had a bad game against the Knicks. Yeah, we shot whatever from three. Uh, we got the Utah Jazz tomorrow. They got Laurie Markin, and they got some nice players, but they haven't been good this season. We should be able to bounce back against the Utah Jazz. And then... Uh, well, Tobias Harris left the Knicks game with a sore ankle. I think it was a sore ego, uh, or there's already a trade in the works and he was plummeting his own trade value by playing like a piece of shit. So Daryl Morey pulled him out and said, you have a sore ankle, sit the fuck down. You're going to ruin the trade that I've lined up. I don't know if that's actually what happened. It might be. Daryl loves him though. Daryl either loves... Tobias Harris or he loves crumble cookies or both. Uh, and then 40 minutes before this game started, Joel Embiid gets ruled out with a, a sore knee. My cats are fighting downstairs. That's just how this game, how this night's going, huh? Joel Embiid gets ruled out with a sore knee uh, on a back-to-back. I don't know. I, I, I mean, he sprained his ankle a couple games ago and then he tweaked it you know, against on on uh, Hartenstein's foot in the first play of the of the Knicks game, and it's like now he has a sore. Does he really have a sore knee, or were they just like, listen, back to back, the ankle got tweaked again yesterday. Uh, let's just sit him out. But then they would have listed it sore ankle, right? 
So they he has a sore knee now? This is what I'm saying. Is this just the Sixers making something up to be able to rest Joel and beat in a back-to-back? Or are we getting into the nitty-gritty part of the NBA season where you start to look at the playoffs and the standings and how many games behind and seeding and things like that? And Joel Embiid starts to pile up injuries. Is that what's going on here? Sprained ankle, comes back. Now he has a sore knee. I don't know. You let me know. But they play without Joel. All right. Now, let's talk about the Sixers without Joel Embiid. (sighs) I've been trying to defend this team. Without Joel Embiid, I've been trying to stay positive and say, I don't care what they look like without Joel Embiid. No team wins or no team is good without their best player. Uh, Look at the Bulls without Jordan or something like that. Were the Lakers good without Kobe and Shaq? Whatever I was saying to try to make myself feel better about the fact that without Joel Embiid, this team Fucking sucks. And again, you're not winning anything without Joel Embiid anyway. But I understand everybody else's take, and it's that you want to be able to kind of semi-survive without Joel Embiid. You should be able to beat the 17-20 and Utah Jazz without Joel Embiid, right? Right? Mo Bamba, Paul Reed. These are our backup centers. How are we in year eight of Joel Embiid's career? And the Sixers' biggest issue is still the backup center position. And it's not just kind of bad. It's not just kind of bad. It is so bad, bro. Nobody. On this roster, not named Joel Embiid, can guard the paint even remotely. They can't guard the paint. Paul Reed can't guard the paint. Mo Bamba, you already know, can't guard the paint. This team, with Joel off the floor, is it gives up a layup line. It is ridiculous. They cannot guard the paint and they can't rebound. And so with Joel Embiid, you can compete with any team in the league when everybody's playing well, when you're not shooting uh, five for 38. Without Joel Embiid, you absolutely suck. You absolutely suck. Without Joel Embiid. And it starts with guarding the paint. Perimeter defense. uh, Transition defense. I mean, this looked like a Doc Rivers team tonight, man. This really looked like a Doc Rivers team tonight. It was pathetic. John Collins beat the Sixers down the floor one million times. How many times after like a made basket or just a regular missed basket or a free throw did the Utah Jazz just throw the ball down to the other end of the floor and John Collins was down there behind everybody? How 
is that even possible? And yeah, you're on a back-to-back. I don't care. You're professional NBA players. I give them a pass when they're on a traveling back-to-back. I give them a pass when they flew between time zones, got off a plane, and tried to play a game. I think that's ridiculous that the NBA does that. Yeah, you're on a back-to-back at home, dude. You got on the bus. No, you went to the parking lot and got in your fucking Ferrari, drove to your $5 million condo, went to sleep in your comfortable bed, got up and went back to the arena. I don't care if you're on a back-to-back. You didn't do anything. This looked like a traveling back-to-back game. That's what it looked like. To have that level of just lack of energy, to not be able to stop John Collins from beating you down the floor on very normal plays. It's ridiculous. And they can't guard the paint. Tyrese Maxey. Oh, boy. 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 Tyrese Maxey without Joel Embiid. You know, he dropped 25 in the game. But, you know, like the beginning of the season or some games last year, when we play without Joel, we're hoping for that Tyrese Maxey that takes over. We're hoping for that Tyrese Maxey that drops 45. You know, we're hoping for that blow-up Tyrese Maxey game, playing without Joel, uh, you know, put the team on your back. I know he's only 23, but he's shown plenty of times already that he can do it and uh, didn't happen tonight. Started out nice, seven points in the first quarter. Um, A says typical Tyrese Maxey game without Embiid. A, thanks for being a member of the channel. I mean, Tyrese Maxey has definitely had games without Joel Embiid where he had good games and led the team to victory. This one was very bad. Uh, And it starts with his three-point shooting. You know, the one thing about Tyrese Maxey is that he relies on three-point shootings, I think, a little too much. There's some people in the call... In the call room, I'm going to get to some live callers here in a second, so please hang on there. Wait in there for me. Uh, the thing about Tyrese Maxey, I, I just think he he relies too much on his three-pointer falling, you know? And when it's not falling, bro, what else do you have, man? You got to be able to... You got to be able to do other things. He just... He feeds off of it so much. When his three is falling, it, it you can see his confidence just go through the roof and that's when he starts driving and finishing and getting and ones and and put, getting some nice creative dribble moves into mid-range jumpers and floaters and things like that and when his three-point shot isn't falling he just doesn't look comfortable and he looks very just hesitant and it looks like he loses confidence in himself and he's more uh he he's he likes to defer to other players a lot more when his three-point shot isn't falling. He was one for eight from three. Yesterday he was 0 for eight from three. That is one for sixteen in the past two games. 
I think the Sixers were seven for 38 from three in this game. <laughs> How are you seven for 38? I swear to God, I've never seen a team miss as many wide open three pointers as the Philadelphia 76ers. NBA players, professional NBA players who cannot make wide open three point shots. It is wild. It is wild. Mr. Rudy is in the house. Thank you for the support. Thanks for the super chat. Uh, let me move my comment thing up here. Where'd it go? I, want, I don't want to cover in that. There we go. Uh, Maxie's definitely not untouchable. He's kind of a front-running player. I'm okay with putting him in a package for Laurie. <laughs> Come on, Rudy. Come on, man. Tyrese Maxey is easily the best number two Joel Embiid has had his entire career. I don't know about right now, but up until the past couple of games, Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid are the leading scoring two-man duo in the NBA. They have the highest plus-minus duo in the NBA. Stop. Come on, bro. Come on. Because Tyrese Maxey, 23 years old, is not a solidified number one superstar and doesn't lead a team by himself without his number one does not mean you should trade him for Laurie Markin and, 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 and Jordan Clarkson. You, no, I think that's, a, I think that's an overreaction, Mr. Rudy. Uh, I think that's an overreaction. Um, I will say that me in the beginning of the season, I was very, very, very high on Tyrese Maxey as a leading scorer, okay? I will admit Tyrese Maxey has come back down to earth and has returned to being a very, 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 very good Joel Embiid sidekick. All right? Let's not act like because Maxey has been struggling from three and didn't drop 50 without Joel that he's absolutely garbage and we should trade him. Let's not act like that. Come on, man. Bo, I saw you waiting in there, bro. Come back in. We got James Lee on the line. Let me see. Let me see. Let's see if this works here. It should work. All right, James Lee on the line. What's going on? Yo, huh? James, we got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, am, I on, am I on the show? You're on the show, brother. What's going on? What's going on? Okay. What up? Um, Holla at me, I'm man. Let me know. Yeah, I'm a I'm a jazz fan. I watched the game. Oh, word. Okay. Shout you guys out. are. Yeah, yeah. So I just got some opinions on your team. Like, my one thing about your team, like, you guys got Morris taking 12 shots. You got Bamba taking nine shots. It's like I kind of feel like you guys just lack depth. You know, it's like we're doing boxing one on Maxi because it's like. You look around and it's like you need Ubre to play so well. Otherwise, it's like you just don't have enough threats out there, man. That's that's my problem with your guys' team, honestly. Well, I mean, this isn't. I mean, a, indeed, I, I agree with you, but you, you know, you're playing without Joel. You're playing without Tobias, who I am not a big fan of. But that's true. And you're playing without a. Uh, 
Robert Covington, DeAnthony Melton. Um, you know, so they're depleted right now a little That's bit. True. Uh, ideally, yeah, That's ideally, true. you don't want Marcus Morris taking twelve shots and Mo Bamba taking nine shots. But I still feel like they should have. Yeah. I still feel like they definitely should have competed more with the Jazz uh, than they did tonight. And I think you know, I Max, mean, here's the thing. Here's a, go ahead. I think this softens the ball a little bit. If you look at the Jazz, like we're we're like eleven and four in our last fifteen. Like we're actually playing decent ball lately. So it's not, and we're fully healthy. We got all these guys. So. I don't even think it's the end of the world for you guys. It's like no, if Jason Beats out there, half those layups don't go, like he's there. You know what I mean? It's a completely different game. I like honestly, you guys beat us with a beat. I think I don't think that's absolutely. I agree. How do you but feel? Like, uh, how do you feel about the Jazz and Laurie Markkinen? Sixers fans and other NBA fans believe for some reason that the Jazz are going to trade Laurie Markkinen. What is your take on that? Okay, here's the thing. We had Danny Ainge. It's it, the greatest thing about being a Jazz fan right now. We had Danny Ainge as a GM. So like, anyone trying to come for him, you're gonna be paying like seventy-five draft picks, all your young players. Say bye to Spring or say bye. You know what I mean? Maybe you can keep Maxi, but I mean you're trading every pick you got. You know what Sixers I mean? like, only have two pick tradable first-round picks. They only have two tradable first-round yeah, picks. So, yeah, so that's it's never gonna happen for you guys. It's, it's got to be like one of these teams that's got like five, seven picks and just like. The GM makes a dumb like the, it'd be like the Pistons or something. They make a really dumb move for marketing. Like I agree, it's, it's just not going to happen. I yeah. agree. So yeah. it, if it, it's, I agree. It's a, I, I agree. And if I if I'm a Jazz fan, I don't want to trade Laurie Marketing anyway. Yeah, he's he's sick. I mean, he's such a good like off ball player. Like we like Keontae George, but it's a lot better when you have it's like Maxi. You know, he has Embiid to sit there and develop with. He gets so much better. So like we want Keontae George to be something. Keep Larry Markin, you know what I mean? So that's just how I see yeah. it. Yeah. Well, hey man, thanks for the call, brother. I'm gonna get to some other callers. I appreciate it. Uh, Jazz fan calling the show. Uh, the Jazz beat the Sixers 120 to 109. And uh, yeah, let's let's move on, man. My guy Bo is in is in the waiting room. What's going on, bro? What's up? DJ Eastwood, what's good, man? What's up, man? Yeah, how I you think feel? everyone's bugged. I think everyone's bugging right now, man. This is a game where we had three starters out and a key rotational defender in Covington. And, you know, it's a mean-nothing game. And, you know, we can talk about, oh, Max, he missed him from three. Guess what? 23-year-old guard, off night, 25 points, nine assists. I don't remember the last time we had a player who on an off night got 25 and nine. It's true. That is good. Nine of 24. Yeah, I get it. But guess what? When he was bricking shots, he didn't quit. He kept the hustle. He kept the heart. He still tried to get up points. At the end of the, at the, end of the game, 25-9. and nine. I know the efficiency wasn't great, but look at his season efficiency. This is a rare occurrence for him. A few streaky games, he's 23. I mean, do you know a 23-year-old outside of LeBron or Curry that never had these kind of games? I remember Dame had these games all the time in year Two, three, four. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not saying Maxi should have, you know, done something miraculous. My thing is that it's just that these these types of games are are piling up now, and it's making me a little bit nervous because 0 for eight last game, one for eight tonight. His three pointer has kind of struggled uh, recently, and I just think he's he relies too much on the three point shot for his own confidence when he's shooting bad from three. It it seems to me that it affects his 
his confidence and, and he doesn't really attack as much uh, when he's not shooting the three well. Um, you know what I mean? And it, I just, it, it's, but, but again, without Joel, I don't know. The Sixers can't win without Joel anyway. So who really cares? You know? Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I would have liked to, in the beginning of the season, I was just very high on like, oh, Maxie can drop 35 or 40 without Joel. And uh, he come he came back down to earth a little bit. That's all I'm saying. Uh, for sure, but I also believe he can have those 30, 40 point games when he's not having a bad night. You know, it was an off night still, but I do see your point. But to that, I do want to bring up something important. Look. I think we're so quick to burn a hole in our pocket with all these assets we just got. I know we have wing depth, we have picks. I kind of don't want to make a big move this season unless we can get Laurie or, you know, Mikel Bridges. But we're in one of those rare positions where we're going to have Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, an open max contract, and a ton of assets. Other than OKC, no other contender has that in the league right now. And, you know, people will be like, oh, well, what happened when we got Al Horford or when we picked Kobe <laughs> over Jimmy? Yeah, well, guess what? Colangelo is gone, you know, when we don't have uh, Elton Brand making decisions anymore. Maury doesn't do that. You know, whether we like it or not, Maury's weird. You know, he's probably a little <laughs> on the spectrum. But you, but he, he's a winner, dude. He picked Maxi. He turned his back on his best friend to the betterment of the Sixers because he knew he couldn't give him a max contract. He picked Nick Nurse. I mean, I agree. you know. I agree. Uh, look, he, he drafted I, I, Isaiah Joe and Charles Bassey too, who, if it wasn't for Doc Rivers, would be on this roster and would be contributing. And we, you know, that Charles Bassey to me was the best backup center outside of Andre Drummond, but the best backup young center that could actually defend the paint and, and had a little bit of a game. And they just, Doc Rivers just wanted nothing to do with him and they let him walk with an open roster spot. It was crazy. But Daryl drafted him, he drafted Isaiah Joe. So. You know, you're cleaning up a little bit of Doc Rivers' mess, too, at the same time. Well, yeah, you're exactly right. And I'm going to give you some advice that you actually gave me. I called in uh, a couple years ago before the James Harden trade. And I was like, we got to do this. We got to do that. And you had said, don't make any moves. We brought in Maury for a reason. Let him cook. I'm saying we do the same thing again here. We brought in Maury for a reason. He's a weirdo, but he gets deals done and he gets value. Let's see what we can do this season. But Embiid's window isn't closed. Maxi gets better every year. We're going to have the picks, the money. You know, let's let Maury cook. We have the rare opportunity to hit the reset button on the process. Why the hell not? I agree, man, Bo. I, I agree, man. Hey, thanks for calling the show, buddy. I agree with, with what you're saying. And I love you every time you call the show. Thanks for contributing to the show, man. Thanks, man. This is the best. I appreciate you. My guy, Bo. Listen, the thing about the assets and the cap space and all this stuff is that who's who, who are you getting? Who are you getting with this cap space? You know, why, why are we interested in this? Let's wait till next season where we have maximum cap space. We always think... Look, we have, we'll get rid of Tobias and then we'll have Joel Maxi and an open max slot. For who? For who? Who's a free agent? Who? Clay Thompson? Who's 
a free agent this season, this upcoming offseason. You know what I mean? Hey, what's up, bro? It pains me to say this, but Joel is James Harden 2.0, a great player that puts up great stats during the regular season, and that's it. <laughs> but I can't disagree with you so far in his career. I can't disagree with you because he's been injured every single time we get to the playoffs. The only time he wasn't injured in the playoffs was the 2019-2020 season, I think, uh, with Jimmy Butler and Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris and... Uh, they lost to the Raptors in a Game 7 buzzer beater. The only Game 7 buzzer beater in playoff history. Uh, the issue with Joel Embiid is not that he can't dominate in the playoffs. It's that he's hurt every single year. That's re that's really it. He's playing through. I'm not, I'm not making excuses. I'm sick of it, too, because I'm sick of him being hurt every single playoffs. But that's really what it is. Every single playoffs. It's not like he it's not like he dominates in the regular season, drops 40, 50, 50 point triple doubles, whatever it is, and then he gets to the playoffs and for some reason he stinks it up. He's playing with an injury every single playoffs. That's that's what it is. So the goal is to get him to the playoffs healthy. That's the goal. Because you want you know, I think this year you have a great supporting cast. You have a great system with Nick Nurse. Tyrese Maxey's the best the best sidekick Joel Embiid's had in his, in his entire career. And if you get to the playoffs with Joel Embiid 100% healthy and ready to go, you can compete with anybody. But we're already seeing things start to pile up. Sprained ankle, misses a couple games, come back, comes back against the Knicks. Well, he came back to get against the Bulls a couple games before that, but comes back against the Knicks, tweaks the ankle on Hartenstein's foot in the damn first 10 seconds of the game, and he's hobbling up and down the court. Now he's out with a sore knee. It's only the beginning of January, bro. If this happens this year, if, if it happens this year, if Joel Embiid, Stacey Clark, thanks for, uh, thanks for becoming a member of the channel. I appreciate that. If Joel Embiid this season is injured to start the playoffs, Sixers fans will be officially over the Joel Embiid experiment. They will be officially over the Joel Embiid experiment if Joel Embiid is injured for this season's playoffs. It, it absolutely 100% cannot happen or Sixers fans will be screaming, blow it up. Because we, we've seen it so, so many times. So many times. I got I got another person waiting in the room. Uh, no name on this one, but uh, thanks for waiting, man. You're on the show. What's good? Hello? What's going on, man? What's going on, Eastwood, man? What's up? <laughs> hey, I'm the guy from Twitter, man, that you thought was Tobias Harris. Man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. Thanks for guy. being... Thanks for being man enough to call the show there's a lot of people that argue and, and thanks for being just you know a good sport about things because it's just sports at the end of the day you know what i mean so many people take things personally and attack me on twitter or whatever and uh thanks for being a a good dude and and being man enough to call the show because we argue all the time about tobias harris thanks for calling for sure and, and another thing i want to add What's we up? argue, but I'm a fan of your content, brother. I, well, I've been watching you for a long time, man. Appreciate that. So, what is it that compels you to constantly defend 
the most overpaid, underperforming player in the history of the NBA? Um, that's the thing. I, I agree with you with some of the things that you say. You feel what I'm saying? I do think he's overpaid. I can't debate that. He's overpaid. But I think you're overly critical of him. You understand? I don't, I don't think that he's this uh, super-duper superstar or even a star player. I think that he's a, a above-average role player. That's what I think he is. 17, 6, and 3, you ain't going to really get that from too many other places, for real, for real. That's an average. So it's like, that's his average, right? Because yeah, That's his average. Right, right. Because against teams like the Wizards and whoever else, he'll drop 25. He dropped a 33 this season. But when you need him to deliver you something, he doesn't not only, not only does he not deliver that, he absolutely collapses and runs and hides. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. Perfect example. Not that's just not all not, that's not that's not all the time. Not, not just off, last game. The, the Sixers against the Boston Celtics without Joel Embiid. Everybody on the roster plays a, a, a above what they're used to playing. Patrick Beverly had a 26 point game. The reason they ended up not closing that is because Tobias Harris scored two points. And he just absolutely couldn't do anything and looked shook and looked scared and was turning the ball over in the fourth quarter and Nurse took him off the floor. Yesterday no, against the Chicago Bulls. Yesterday against the, against the uh, New York Knicks, you know, Embiid and Maxi were doing their thing. Everyone else was stinking up the joint. And you, if Tobias Harris could have given you 15, the game would have been differently. And he gives you five points on two for six, and then he leaves with a sore ankle. And now they're calling it a jammed ankle, which I've never even heard of. See right there. See, I think that's the example of your your over overly criticalness, if that's a word. I think that's a that's an example right there. Right I've there, watched. The, I've, wa- I've just I've watched him for five years now, and it's been frustrating all five years. He's not. You he, want to know why? I think he's frustrating, frustrating to watch. He's frustrating to watch. Here's the no, no, Okay, go ahead. I think it's frustrating for you to watch because, to your credit, you know a little bit about basketball. I will give you that. And I understand your frustration at times with the little things that he don't do, like box out. I think I tweeted you the the other day about that, that that's your thing with him, like he doesn't box out. But I also can name a 100 times where he came through, including in the playoffs for us twice last year when he hit game winners. So, like, we could go back and forth about his ups, his downs. I'm just talking about – from a scale of bad basketball player to good basketball player, we're we're not going to act like he's below average, like to, or to average. Bi- Tobias Harris comes through in the playoffs. Did, did he not? He had a twenty. He had a twenty point game against Brooklyn in the game winner. This is my problem. This is my problem. We're celebrating twenty point games. That's not even a good game in the NBA anymore. I mean, you've also got Tyrese Maxey, Joel Embiid, and James Harden on the floor. So, I mean, what are, like, like, what are we talking about? How many touches? I guarantee that if we look at his touches that game, Tobias Harris didn't take more than 15 shots. We're talking about somebody that's shooting 60% from the field this year. All right. We're talking about somebody in the last 10 games, he's a 50, 40, and 90%. He's a 60, 40, and 90%. Like, what are we talking about? We acting like he's just inefficient. He's a... Uh, uh, he can't score the basketball. He you don't got do all him. the little stuff. You got to be, bro, you're Tobias Harris's brother or cousin, bro. Just say it. 
There's no way. There's no way. There's no way a random person is doing this. There's no way a random person knows Tobias Harris's stats on the top. Why do you know Tobias Harris's stats? No, I don't even think anybody owns it. Every Eastwood, I could do. Do you own a Tobias Harris jersey? No, I don't. Nobody does. I don't own a Sixers jersey, period. But but I am a Sixers fan. I watch every game, as I'm sure you know. I pay attention Here's to Here's my every- take on Tobias Harris, bro. He's very slow for the position that he tries to play. He cannot ISO in the NBA. He has no dribble package. He has no he's the he's the most predictable player I've literally ever seen. He can't I mean he 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 has one thing. Give me the ball when I'm against a smaller player and let me back him down for 20 seconds and try to get a little two-point fadeaway jumper. That's his entire game. And on the other end of the floor, he's the slowest rotating perimeter defender. He can't, he doesn't box out. He's he's not good, bro. He's a giant negative. I knew you were going, I knew you was going to add in the uh, he don't box out. I knew you was going to do Cause that. Because he doesn't box and, out. He's terrible. And another thing. Hey, look. Another thing. He is asked to play. He, he, his position, his role change every year. I'll give him that, too. His role changes every year. He can be a good catch-and-shoot player as well, too. All right, man. I wanted to add all that, right, man. Too. I appreciate Damn. you calling. I don't want to talk about Tobias Harris all night. I appreciate you calling. Thanks for calling. I have never. I just can't. I cannot. And I'm sorry for hanging up on you. And you're a good dude. And it's awesome that you called the show. I just don't want to talk about Tobias Harris all night. I cannot, for the life of me, figure out why... A person would, would would willingly defend Tobias Harris. There's no way somebody watches the game and enjoys watching Tobias Harris play. It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me. Oh. All right, listen. Shout out to everybody in here. Um <laughs> If you're still listening, I do apologize. I, I don't mean I didn't mean to hang up on you, but I, I just can't I can't sit here and listen to Tobias Harris defense all night. It's crazy. It's crazy. Next caller, what's going on? You're on the show. Yo, what's going on? Hello. Yo, can you turn uh, the volume off in the background, please? Next caller, what's going on? You're on the show. Yo. Yo, what's up? Yo, I'll have me. All right, man, you're out of here. Thanks for calling the show, but you got to talk when you call the show. <laughs> okay, listen. The Sixers lose to the Jazz 120 to 109. Uh, you know, without yeah, without Joel, without DeAnthony Melton, um, and I think DeAnthony Melton could have helped us last game. We struggled uh, finding somebody outside of Joel and Tyrese Maxey to do something, but I still think the Sixers should have been more competitive in this game against the Utah Jazz. I just think, I just flat out, I mean, you got to be more competitive against, it's the Jazz, who do they have, bro? They got Laurie Markkinen and Colin Sexton. John Collins looked like a superstar against this team. It wasn't that we were outmanned. It wasn't that the other team had a better roster. We got outworked. John Collins beat you down the floor 57 times. You know what I mean? John Collins! Play some defense. Play some transition defense, man. What the hell? Um, Look at the standings here. Let's check out the standings as we get into January and start to, you know, think about who the best teams are in the East. 
and what you could potentially be looking at in the playoffs. It's very early, but Boston 28 and 7, Milwaukee 25 and 10, Philly 23 and 12. The Knicks are creeping up on us, you know? As much as I said the Knicks uh, are the Knicks and I'm not worried about them and et cetera, they are creeping up on us and they've won three games since the OG Ananobi trade. Jalen Brunson, as Romp said last night, is a lot, you know, has a lot more freedom with the ball in his hands now that they traded RJ Barrett. I, uh, I still think when healthy, the Sixers can compete with anybody, man. I'm not, I'm, I'm really not tripping right now. I'm just not. I, I, I hated this game. I hate the fact that Tyrese Maxey is one for 16 from three in the last two, but you know, I'm not, I'm not bugging. Let's, let's take another caller, man. I wish I had more to say. I just don't. What's going on? Yo, what's good? What's good, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? Fantastic, man. What you got? Oh, I think we should trade uh, Tobias Harris for Laurie Markkinen. You think we should trade Tobias Harris for Laurie Markkinen? Tobias Harris, Jaden Springer, and three first-round picks for Laurie Markkinen. He literally killed us tonight. Oh, I mean, I would love that. Uh, Tobias Harris, Jaden Springer, and three first-round picks. Um, what do we got? We got the 2026 pick, 2028 unprotected in our own 2029 Unfortunately, I just think there's just going to be another team that has more picks than that that can outbid you. There's just there's no way. There's just that's no true, way. Yeah, there's just there's just no way that that trade package is is getting Laurie Markin, and I don't I just don't think it is. I I think we need depth though. I think uh, that's the first thing we need to do though, because uh, I think we need a Jordan Clarkson, maybe Ty Jones type player. Bogdan Bogdanovich is also a good idea. I think that. Hawks, DeJounte Murray trade is a good option that might work out. Hopefully no one outbids us, though. Yeah, DeJounte Murray trade, I'm, uh, I'm not, I don't hate. Um, I like the Bogdanovich out of Detroit. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. My, 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 my biggest fear, I think, is that the Sixers don't have... Uh, Daryl thinks he has enough. We'll see what he does. Uh, I don't know. I'm traded out. We've been talking about trades forever. Trade deadlines of February 10th, something like that. Uh, it's getting close, you know? It's getting close. I don't know. We'll see, man. Thanks for the call, buddy. Yeah, bye. All right, Thank bro. Thank you for having me. Anytime, man. Thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Uh, Taylor? Taylor on the line? Did I get the name right? Yeah, what's up, people? What's going on, man? What's going on? Uh, you know, it's just common Sixers stuff. You know, if Embiid's out, same shit happens. But, dude, you know, I, I just came here to trash Tobias Harris. I heard that guy call it. I, I, I don't get it either. The, Devi- the Tobias ha- uh, Harris defenders, I, I don't understand it. I never will. I was reading your um, comments the other day, man. <laughs> it was hilarious. This guy was like, um, couldn't couldn't uh, hit Lizzo with a tasty cake? Or, or what was the other one? <laughs> Was that you? Or yeah, that was me. On there, man? That was me. Um, dude, he just uh, uh, he puts points up at the most just worthless. Anything he does good is just completely just worthless and pointless. He'll pull, he'll, he'll put numbers up, do some shit, and you're like, oh, you'll just get the tiny bit of faith in him just for him to just completely let you down and just make you feel like an idiot for even thinking anything positive about him. <laughs> I just feel like 
he, he has bad chemistry with everybody. He's always doing something wrong. If he was so good, yeah, if the, 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 you know, the, the, the dude that was defending him, if, if Tobias was so good at basketball, he would have been traded already. The reason you can't trade him is because he's being paid $40 million and he's just not not good enough. If he had value, he would have been yeah. traded. Yeah, that contract was disgusting. It's that that um, the biggest nail in the coffin was uh, I mean Jimmy Butler thing is a whole another conversation, but that that thing he said after that one game, you know, what I'm talking yeah, about Tobias what over me, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, that hurts so. That hurts That's so wild bad. because the story yeah. that I, the story that you get from from some other people is that uh, Jimmy Butler basically told the Sixers, you know, uh, he doesn't want to play for Brett Brown, and I think there was something that had to do with Ben Simmons. I think Jimmy was calling out some oh, people. For sure. And they chose sure. to. I heard that they never offered him a max contract. And then, according to him, we chose Tobias Harris over him, which nobody would do. I don't understand no, but that. You, I think there was a. I, like, if you. I mean, I, I'm guessing you saw the JJ interview with him, right? I, I think there's a, a sarcasm to what he's saying. Of course, he's, he's leaving some shit out or whatever. But, I mean, it was poetic in the way he said it. Like, dude, like. The organization at the time was trash. Besides Embiid, really, I mean, they couldn't get anything done. If, if they would have prioritized prioritized the right players, the right you know way to do things, you still had Jimmy Butler, I think. But no, I mean, definitely, definitely. You, know, you had you had Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid in the same team. You know what I mean? And thanks for the call, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, you had Jimmy Butler and you had Jimmy Butler and uh, uh, Joel. Embiid, you had Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid on the same team. You should have done. You should have. Yeah. You should have. You should have. Uh, you know. You should have done everything they wanted. You should have said, "What do we got to do to keep you two guys together and build around Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid?" And that could have been a championship team. But the Sixers were still, you know, they were still on this uh, this Brett Brown Ben Simmons experiment. Um, you know, and they said we're you know not ready to to do all that. If they would have traded Ben at that point. They could. He had a lot of value at the time too. With without being, with still being a guy that refused to shoot a basketball, he had a lot of value at that time. But they didn't do it. They didn't do it, man. Upcoming games: uh, Atlanta on Wednesday, Sacramento on Friday. These are these are not easy, bro. The schedule does not get easier. You know what I mean? These games here, these games that we just went through, man. You know, all these wins right here, Washington, Atlanta, Washington, Detroit, Detroit, Charlotte. This is why the NBA world is kind of talking shit right now. Because, you know, I love the Minnesota win. That was one of my favorites of the season so far. Uh, You lost to the Bulls here. You lost to Miami here. You lost to the Bulls here. Then you lose two in a row to the Knicks with a healthy roster. And then you lose to the Utah Jazz without Joel Embiid and DeAnthony Melton. And this doesn't get much easier here, man. Atlanta, Sacramento, Houston, Denver. Orlando's playing well. We took care of Orlando uh, a couple of games ago, but they they got a lot of talent. And if you're out here losing to the Utah Jazz, you know. um, San Antonio, not good, but they got Wemby. He'll give you problems, you know. Then you got the Pacers, the Nuggets again. Portland, Golden State, Utah, Brooklyn, Dallas, Golden State. It's going to get interesting in February, man, as you get closer to the deadline and the playoffs and and et cetera. Uh, It's going to get interesting, man. Shout out to everybody in here. Um, Yeah, we got three more callers waiting, man. Let's get to it, bro. 
Michael. Michael on the line. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys, what's up, man? What's going on? Hey, listen, I just want to ask you something real quick. What's up? What is your what is your like your best personal trade scenario for this season, regardless of who's involved in the in the trade? And last question, do you think any of these trades and how would you feel about uh, B-Ball Paul and any of these uh trade scenarios, you know, just if you could just give us just give us one because it's a lot of people calling, you know, with different things and every everybody wants just every everybody wants anything, somebody yeah. different, just something, you know, late and they had on like I get it, you know. Well I mean it I was it, for me it was a it was a backup point guard and like another three and D wing, but the more I see them play without Joel Embiid and the more I see the paint just a wide open layup line I'm like, can we fi- can we figure out how to get a backup center? Because uh, Mo Bamba can't guard the paint. I-, I thought Paul Reed was better at it than he's been the past couple of games. Uh, he had some some nice offensive uh, sequences in this game tonight, but defensively they were just horrendous. They don't rotate, they don't switch on screens, or they miscommunicate on screens. There's so many times where the paint's wide open, and it's just like, why is Joel Embiid the only player on this roster that can that can remotely guard? The painted area. It's crazy. Uh so would you, would you would you just not to interrupt you just real quick? Um how would like how would you feel about um Levine actually coming over? Maybe with with a drumming and Caruso, is there any uh, scenario where you could see us getting all three of them by uh well you, if that's possible. The, the thing is, I, I heard I just saw a report again that there's no trade value for Zach Levine at all. And it's because his his contract is as big as it is, and it just kind of started. There's four years left on his on his contract, and the last two years are like uh, 48 mil, 49 mil, um, which mm. at at that time will 50 million be that be, be like that much in the NBA. Uh, and I, I, you know, I like Zach Levine as a third option, but he has. He has a lot of Tobias Harris tendencies, man. He has a game where this season where he scored. He has a game this season where he scored two points in twenty-seven minutes. How yeah. how does a fifty million dollar player score two points in an NBA game? So we would trade for Levine. We would be locked into a four-year contract, and we would probably be just as frustrated watching him play because he would give you thirty one night, and he would give you five the next. Mm, will he give you forty in the playoffs, though? I don't know. Has he been in the playoffs? Yeah, that's, I, I mean that's what really matters. What, what will he do in playoff time? And it's, and it's hard to tell what a player would look like next to Joel because Joel commands so much attention, and it's, it's not like Zach right, Levine has ever right. played with a guy like Joel. So jo- a lot like Kelly Oubre looks good right now. You know, uh, yeah. players can look a lot better with with guys like Joel and Maxi on the floor. So I don't know, but that contract yeah. is what is what nobody wants to take on. But if you get Caruso and Drummond out of it, then maybe you pull the trigger. Right, that's what I was thinking, and that's what I wanted to ask you. And, and would you would you throw B-Ball Paul in that mix? And um, man, yeah, thanks for absolutely. taking my call, man. Great show. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for yeah. calling. Thanks for calling. Okay, thank yeah. you. Um, absolutely, I would throw put B-Ball Paul is not untouchable. <laughs> I know we love certain players; we fall in love with their personalities. But B-Ball Paul is not untouchable. Absolutely, I would throw Paul Reed in that trade package. Absolutely, I would. Uh. But I, everyone is staying away from the Zach Levine contract, and that's, you know, that's uh, that's for a reason. You know what I mean? They just are. 
Um, nobody wants to pay $50 million for a player who um, who performs or has the, the tendency to underperform like Zach Levine has had the tendency to underperform. Nick Nurse, clearly not pleased with the last two nights. We're going to get in there, and that is going to be a physical practice on Monday. Oh, I love it! We got to find... Okay. Okay. We got to find the Nick Nurse press conference, man. We got we to gotta find this. Where is it at? Where is it at? They're just posting this clip. Here's a minute 36. Nick Nurse on the Sixers lost to the Jazz. A major defensive shortcomings without Joel Embiid. This is what I need to see in here. We're, we're in here. Let's listen to it. Just, I think that um, I believe, like even even though you're missing whatever five guys, that those guys can collectively play together better than that. Yes. Right. They can, Agree. They can execute better. They can they can defend better than that. They can they can you know make those open shots. They can you know what I'm saying they can they can, they were finding there was plenty of shots to step into and make in that game and. Just you know, all of our guys that are you know, for five, one for eight, one for one for six, one for eight, you know, two for twenty-one from our best three shooters. You know, you got to play better than that. Two for twenty-one from our best three shooters. And again, this is—if it was just one game, I would be—I wouldn't be concerned. But now we've seen two games in a row of this. When you're shorthanded, you got to play better than that. You got to shoot the ball better than that. You got to finish better than that. Obviously, it's 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 tough without Joel. This is an elite rim protector, but. Uh, with the Jazz getting into the paint as much as they were and finishing at the basket, I guess as you move forward, I guess how do you stop, like contain that without Joel, like points in the paint, things like that. Yeah, well, we definitely really good question because we gave up a ton of layups and a ton of dunks, right? Um, it's part of some of the stuff I've been talking about pre-game. We're gonna have to figure out some better schemes just initially at the point of attack, right? With with you know maybe, maybe it maybe it changes personnel-wise in what we're doing. How, how can we change personnel-wise? This is what I was saying when he said maybe we need to change up the scheme. I'm like, the problem is Mo Bamba's too slow and Paul Reed doesn't know what he's doing. Part of some of the stuff I've been talking about pre-game, we're going to have to figure out some better schemes just initially at the point of attack, right? With, with you know, maybe, maybe, it, maybe it changes personnel-wise in what we're doing out there, but we certainly got to... What are you going to change? Guard to pick a little better, challenge at the rim better. Even though, even though we're you know you're undersized or you don't have great whatever it is, right? You got to figure it out. The problem there's no other option at backup center. That's the problem. I don't know how you change the personnel. Who, who where? You taking somebody out of the G League or what? Uh, two more callers on the line, and then we're out of here, man. You're on the show. What's going on? Yeah, Dave. What's good? How are you? Good, man. How's it going? I'm good. I'm good. So, look, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't really watching tonight. Like, I was watching it, but, like, I was kind of disengaged because, you know, it's the Utah Jazz. Nobody's yeah. really playing. So, like, just a write-off, right? Uh-huh. But with last night, right? Yeah. The amount of time just Tobias just, and I know you don't really want to talk about Tobias Harris, right? but <laughs> it's all good. Got to be said. It's got to be said. You know, he's just not doing anything. And to the guy that was defending him before, 
the reason that we're so critical of him is because he, we're paying him forty million a year. Am I wrong? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, the, yeah, that and the fact that you know, if he wasn't getting paid that money, he wouldn't be getting as many minutes as he's getting. It would be a lot easier for a coach to say, "Hey, you're stinking it up. You're on the end of the bench." But they won't do that because of yeah. because he's a high paid player and he's supposed to be this fringe all star. Yeah, I agree. And you know, I'm also like on the fence. Like, who do we who do we trade for? You know, because obviously you want marketing, but teams like OKC exist. Like, they have two thousand picks. Like, yeah, exactly. Who do we go for? Uh, if a team like and OKC free, would add marketing, everyone, everyone, yeah, and everybody that's everybody that's saying we have all this cap space next year. Who do you want, Clay Thompson, for forty mil a year again? No, well, I don't think Clay Thompson's going to get paid like that anyway because he's, you know, with the injury history and he's looking like a shell of himself at this point. I do think you tear both ACLs; it can take you two or three years, you know, to really get back to where you're comfortable and feel like yourself. So the, the ACL injuries are, are seriously tough, especially when you get into your mid thirties. Uh, so, you know, at this point, I don't think Danny Green's going to get paid 40 mil a year. Maybe he is because maybe 40 mil isn't that much anymore. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Van Vliet got 40 mil a year down in Houston. So who knows? But I, I wouldn't be interested in paying Clay Thompson that money. No, no. Yeah. So with who, who's like, who's your guy right now that we would trade for? Man. Uh, <sighs> I, I I think even when the Sixers are fully healthy, the one thing I would like them to upgrade is the shooting guard position. You know, I think DeAnthony Melton's a good a good combo guy off the bench. I don't think he's a starting level uh, NBA shooting guard, and I, I probably a combo guard with some size that you can pair with Tyrese Maxey. I think Malcolm Brogdon's a perfect. Uh, I think Malcolm Brogdon next to Maxey would be perfect. Dejounte Murray next to Maxey. Um, would be nice. Uh, somebody with a little bit more of a floor general mindset type of point guard that you can pair with Maxi, who can play off ball and, and you can go back and forth with him. Maybe. Um, I, I guess, but I'm really... I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I'm very interested to see what Daryl Morey comes up with because it, 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 there's not a whole lot of options out there, you know? Yeah. I'm with you on the DeJounte one. I was on the fence with it at first, but now it's kind of coming around, you know, because he can defend the perimeter players in the East. And, you know, I feel like he'd be good with his size against next to Tyrese. Yeah, and I think they, they thought that Trey Young could play off ball a little bit more than he does. He's really He really needs the ball in his hands all the time, <laughs> yeah. so it didn't really work out that well for him. Tyrese Maxey can play off ball very well. You know, he can run around screens yeah. and get downhill and stuff. So I think that would be a good fit. It depends... You know what Atlanta thinks they're going to get for him. I don't think they're going to get what they gave up for him. That's the interesting part. You know, they gave up three firsts for him. I think. Um, I would like Dejounte Murray. I don't know, but that just it just seems it all seems it all seems like a, a fantasy land to me. I don't know. I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening at the trade deadline. Yeah, yeah I don't either. That's why I'm I'm so confused. Like, what are we going to do? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's clear to tell that we're like a piece or two away, you know? Yeah. Like we're I, up there. We're up there. I think, 
Yeah, the Tobias it's the Tobias Harris is still here, man. We're still stuck with with this big elephant in the room, man. That's that's really what it feels like when the when the whole team is healthy. You still have a guy that's being paid this amount of money that's not a number three scoring option. He's just not. He's literally number yeah. four behind Kelly Oubre at this point. Yeah, I don't know if I can do another playoff run with Tobias Harris shooting. 10-foot fadeaways anymore. I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> we'll see it, man. Hey, thanks for the call, buddy. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Love from Australia, DJ. I'm visiting in February. I can't wait. I'm going to a Philly game in February. Are you? Oh, dope, man. Uh, call the show again, man. Shout out to Australia. Thanks for calling. Shout out to Down Under. Sorry for my version of an Australian accent, but shout out to Australia, man. Thanks for calling the show. A uh, couple more people waiting. Let's go. Yo, you're on the show. Yo, you're on the show. What's going on, man? Yo. Tobias is garbage, bro. Yo. Can you turn the volume off in the background, please? Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I can hear my I can hear myself. Uh go ahead, man. What's up? Yo. Yeah. Fucking Tobias is garbage, man. I, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree. Nah, that guy got to go, bro. I'm, I'm sick and tired of watching him every day, fam. Like, but he didn't even play tonight. What do you think about tonight's game? I don't know. We just, I feel like we need like two more pieces, man, because. Two more? Cause right now it's kind of risky, you feel me? So, yeah. Two more pieces. Huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm not overreacting to this game too much, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what they do at the trade deadline. Hey, hey man, thanks for calling yeah, the show. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Uh, you just, you know, you kind of sounded a little bit half asleep there, kind of putting me to sleep. Uh, let's get to the next caller. Yo, you're on the show, man. What's going on? Hey, Mr. It's Mr. Hoover. How you doing, bro? Mr. Hoover, what's going on, bro? Long time. Yeah, it's been a minute. Uh, bummer lost tonight, bro. Uh, but I gotta say, I'm glad we have Nick Nurse as our coach, bro. I, I love it because the guy is not afraid to light a fire under someone's rear. Yes, exactly, bro. It, dude, that's such a good point because with Doc Rivers, it seemed like he didn't really care that much and he wouldn't be all pissed off. He'd be like, oh, this was just a scheduled loss. And he'd be like, you guys can have off on Monday or whatever. Nick Nurse is clearly, as you just saw on the press conference, is fucking pissed. I know, right, bro? I wanted to also, while I'm on the show, I wanted to run some stuff by you, see what you think. What's up? All right, I agree with you 100%. We need a, some bench depth, okay? We need some help. I mean, you know, having around, like, what is it, like five guys to do all the work ain't going to do it for them. So, that was me. Three players we need to get rid of, no disrespect. House, Corkmaz, Morris got to go. So, Caruso, I'm giving one of those guys plus maybe a first and a second round pick. What do you think? We get him or no? All right. So, uh, House has to go. Morris has to go. Corkmaz has to go. And a first round pick for who did you say? Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso. Um, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I would say yes if the Bulls would say yes to that. I think the problem is that the Bulls are already trying to overvalue him. They've already said, like, we're not trading Alex Caruso because he's some kind of underdog story and he's our... Like, so they're trying to sell the league bullshit and try to ask for, like, three first-round picks for this guy. Alex Caruso is a good perimeter defender. He's a good uh, half-court point guard, but he can't score. He averages nine points a game. You watched him against the Sixers a couple games this season. He's, he's, he's not a guy that's a threat to score, really, at all. Sometimes when he's wide open from three, but really, other than that, Caruso's out there playing hard-nosed defense and passing the ball around the perimeter and not turning it over. I like him, but the Bulls are asking way too much for Alex Caruso. Uh, well, I mean... But they suck. They're going to have to blow it up at some point. So that at this trade deadline, if the, if the Chicago Bulls don't trade these players at the deadline, like what are they really doing? So I think they're probably just putting up a front, you know? They're probably going to come down on the price. Right. And you remember, I don't know if it was, I don't know how many months ago it was, I called on the show and I mentioned Laurie Markkinen. I told you, I told you, we need a power forward, we need a shooting guard, we need a backup guard. I've said it over and over. No disrespect to Nick Batum, but these days where, again, like four points, two points, it ain't cutting the mustard. Yeah, Nick okay. Batum's just a guy that's, you know, that's just a guy that's like, you know, gonna. he's really good at getting the ball to Joel. He's really good at the high-low game with Joel. I think he plays pretty good defense for his age at this point. Uh, but, yeah, you're, there's not enough guys. You're right. There's not enough guys that can give you 12, 15, off the bench. Uh, Heck, if I'm nervous, I would even say, hey, where's um, uh, Tracravion Smith? Let's see how he do. What's that one guy we picked up uh, uh, from Kenny Memphis? Lofton? Oh, bro. Did you see him in garbage time a couple games ago? I did not. Oh, please just go to YouTube and watch Kenny Lofton's 76ers debut. It was very clear why he went undrafted and the Memphis Grizzlies released him for nothing. He is too he's too slow to be a guard, he's too short to be a big man and he just can't really do anything. He was playing against uh I think it was the Chicago Bulls when we blew him out. Um he was playing against the end of the Chicago Bulls bench and he was getting moved out of the paint by a guy named Nogo Oh, boy, I don't even know that man. <laughs> my bad. My bad. No disrespect whatsoever. He dropped 30 again hey, tonight on, in the G League. But Tarquavian Smith, I think he's a good I think he's a good scorer, man. I've watched him uh, several times in the G League, and uh, he, I just maybe he's too small. Maybe he can't defend. He He's kind of a built like Lou Williams, kind of. Uh, but if he's a spark off the bench, you know, why not trade him? I mean, or why not try him? Uh, Nurse did just hint at personnel changes, which is pretty interesting. Right. I mean, I give him uh, some shock. Give him like a few games. Try him at the fees. Uh, try him at like a guard spot. Have a forward spot. Try him. It just some more scenarios. We got to get some depth in here because what we have like seven first round picks that dude, we got. Dude, with speaking the game of, speaking of which, man, Jaden Springer. Sucks, man. Why can't this guy play basketball? I know, right? I mean, I look at it and I say, well, he's good sometimes. It was rare, but then you gotta pick up the pace, dude. He's... Like, I was get this, okay? I was watching 
the game where Joel Embiid was out, um, my father doesn't watch basketball anymore. Yeah. Because he thinks we're all overpaid. They're all overpaid. They, own, and they, pro- they carry and, and they travel, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. But my, my dad is the type of guy, you would like him. Hardest worker I've ever met. 30 years, Coast Guard, well-deserved retirement. But I, I was, my point is, watching the game, and he said to me, you know what, these guys get paid too much money even missing all these free throws. He's right. Yeah. He's right. If I was, if I was uh, commissioner today, I would say, you know what, where's the time card here? Where's the Mamba effect? Where are these guys, these dogs, who want to go out and ball like Kobe? Where is that? Where's that old Jordan era, Allen Iverson era, that we know primetime basketball dogs who wanted to go out there and ball? He said, I don't want to curse on the show, but I don't no, give no, a no. about you. No, there is, a, there is definitely a lot, of, a lot of divas in today's NBA game. And, and uh, you know, when you come across $200 million, there's a lot of human beings that are no longer that motivated to put in the extra work. I mean, you know, it, it, it is that's like that. Why, man. That's why, and I won't be too much longer because I know you got to go, but uh, that's why I bought a signed Tyrese Maxey jersey on eBay for 300 bucks because I know a guy who wants to ball, who wants to work, yes. because I know my money is going to be made back to me more so. No disrespect to Tyrese, but... In all, due respect, in all due respect, when it comes to NBA players, I think he wouldn't argue with me on this. If you can help someone buy their plane ticket in a few years and you playing basketball, hey, man, you know what? I think that's a pretty good day. Yeah, absolutely, bro. Hey, thanks for calling, man. As always, I appreciate you. Uh, yeah, you know, mentality is a huge part of trying to draft players and look at their mentality. You know, if you could predict the future, you would have never drafted Ben Simmons because he – you know, all the signs were there that his mentality was terrible, but he had all the tools. He just had a, you know, 6'10", 240 out of, out of damn high school uh, and could run like a, an Olympic athlete. You know, you just can't pass up on that. But I agree today's game is, is there's a lot of diva. There's a lot of diva behavior going on because of the amount of money, man. Um, Josh Hughes, man, thanks for... Thanks for calling the show. I appreciate it. Shout out to Australia once again. Um, all right, man. One more caller, and then I'm out of here. Huckabee. Huckabee on the line. Yo, you're on the show. Yep. What's going on? Hello. All right, Huckabee's, okay. Huckabee's out of here, man. I don't know what happened. It wasn't meant to be... Just like the Sixers were not meant to beat the Utah Jazz tonight without Joel Embiid. Uh, getting a bunch of stars doesn't guarantee a win. Missoula just does some genius stuff on defense and offense. You guys were talking about the Celtics in the chat. We got M33C in here. The classic uh, run it back Philly troll. Shouldn't even put him on the screen, but I'm bored. Uh, if they're healthy, then it's close to guarantees you can unless Denver makes a move. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Who are you drafting instead of Simmons? Uh, I mean, looking back, uh, Brandon Ingram, you know, looking back, Donovan Mitchell, looking back, 
Uh, or Donovan Mitchell was in the Fultz draft. I don't know. There's a lot of players looking back that you should have drafted over Simmons. I mean, come on, bro. All right. That's all I got, man. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for calling the show. Thanks for complaining along with me. Uh, Sixers can't win without Joel Embiid. It is what it is. We're not winning anything without him anyway. Uh, and we've been shooting terrible from, from, uh, three point range the past couple of games and our paint defense has been absolutely atrocious the past couple of games. It's interesting that Nick Nurse said, uh, hinted at personnel changes. I don't know what he means by that. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, but they got a couple days off to, you know, rest, uh, Joel Embiid's sore knee now. Uh, Tobias Harris's ankle jam. Never heard of that in my life. Uh, and uh, Nick Nurse is, you know, he's not going to give him uh, an easy practice. Apparently Monday he's going to give him a tough practice and he's going to yell at him for not rotating, not switching right, not communicating right, and not playing hard on defense. And maybe they'll go back to fundamentals and do box out practice because nobody on this team boxes out. That's all I got, man. You guys have a wonderful Saturday night. I love you all. Thanks for tuning in. Sixers will get back on track. It is what it is. Two losses in a row. This happens to every NBA team uh, over the course of a season. They'll get healthy. They'll get back. They'll get their full roster back, and they will start to make a run once again, just like they just did. You know, They made the run at the beginning of the season. They dealt with some injuries, the Kelly Oubre thing, etc. They've lost a couple of games. Everybody freaked out. They got healthy again. They won a bunch of games in a row. Sixers are the best team in the league again. They deal with a couple of injuries again. They lose games. Everyone freaks out again. They're going to get healthy and they're going to get right back to what they were doing uh, last time they were healthy and well-rested. So this upcoming Wednesday is interesting. Uh, who is it on Wednesday? Where's the schedule at? The Atlanta Hawks on Wednesday. Uh, you know, we'll see if they're fully healthy and ready to go and ready to take care of business on Wednesday. They need to. They need to beat down the Atlanta Hawks on Wednesday. And then they got Sacramento on ESPN. That's an interesting one, too. Thank you for hanging out with me. You guys are the best. Thanks for calling the show. Please hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel. Turn your notification bell on. 